That was the worst podcast ever, a podcast where two pals um, waste their days away talking about Sufjan Stevens. Um, I'm joined by my co-host, the great, um, the, the tender-hearted, the, um, the well-dressed Mr. Justin Bills. That's in, well-dressed has never been said about me. Really? I like your hat. Yeah. Well, I'm wearing a hat, so I'm well dressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks kind of new. Like, it's it's a Dodgers hat. Yeah, Courtney got it for me for my birthday. So. Oh, nice. You're yeah. a big Dodgers fan. Big Dodgers fan. Uh, only started when I moved to Canada, just as a way to let everybody know that I'm from LA. I think. Yeah. I think it's a pride thing. Yeah, but I mean, it's not just like a. You're not just like a read the Wikipedia page Dodgers fan. You're like a. You watch the games and you. You cheer on, you know, you could probably name all the players, right? That's right. I yeah. watch every game, and then the next day I listen to, like, podcasts about the game that I just watched. Right. And I, I have a text chain with friends, and we talk about players and stuff. Right. I never thought I'd be like that. Jorah, do you get into the sports world? You know, it used to be a point of pride to me not to. And same with me. I loved not being like a jock, you know? Yeah, yeah. People would be like, let's go watch sports. would be like, sports? No thanks. Uh, were you like, uh, the sports ball? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, and I have all these friends. Actually, Nathan Mose, who's been on this podcast, he hated it when I... I have like shirts that just say like sports on them. <laughs> just, to, just to be ironic. And he hated that stuff. Or like we'd, we'd go, he'd be like, do you want to go he'd like organize a game of basketball and I'd come wearing like short shorts and like a sweatband and like, yes. and like sweatbands on my wrists. Yeah. He hated it. And I get now it's so obnoxious actually. Yeah. Did you know there's a huge shift that used to be like, be a skateboarder, be into music. If you liked sports that it's like, you can't do both. That is totally changed now. Everybody loves sports, Jordan. Yeah. Right. Everybody. Yeah. Cool people. Not cool people. It unifies us all. Yeah. No, I, 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 I get that. I think there's been a huge shift in the culture. There's, like, been a big reaction, actually. I think in general. Yeah. There was a time, I think, maybe, I think, like, I'd say, like, five years ago, where, like, hipster culture was, like, slowly dying, and people were like, I don't want to follow all these dumb rules anymore. <laughs> and so, and then people started going, like, coming out and being like, I, loved, I love pop music. And, you uh -huh. know, like, and not just, like, cool pop music, like, lame pop music. Like, I'd go to parties and people were, like, blaring, like, I don't know, like, Taylor Swift and, and yeah, that kind of thing. Post Malone. Yeah. It, something's changed. Yeah. And I feel like the worst thing you can be is, like, oh, did you make a goal from the sports ball? Everybody's just like, oh, shut, oh, shut up. Yeah. Like, where you're trying to be cool by not liking sports. So, have you dipped your toe? Like, 
you're in Vancouver. That's a big sports city. They love hockey over there. Yeah. So yeah, I guess all that to say, like I do, I really enjoy playing sports too. Olivia and I, even though we haven't gone out this year, which we should, um, we like to play tennis and uh that's so cute that's a very <laughs> sweet thing oh the guys gonna play tennis <laughs> i i like to be competitive i find it really fun um <laughs> why, why are you laughing i don't know just keep going i just think it's funny i like to be competitive it's fun i like competition um olivia actually um quit volleyball she was really good or no she quit basketball in high school because she just was kind of like she she she's very very competitive and she realized she's like i don't like the person i am when i'm playing when i'm playing when i'm competitive so she quit yeah um and she was really good too um anyway so we have this kind of interesting dynamic where like i just find it really fun and she like kind of goes a little bit over the top sometimes like she has to win um yeah, I think, especially if it's, like, a physical sport, she gets pretty into it. If it's, like, a oh, board wow. game or something, she's not. She She's a little more gracious. We used to have a softball team here at the church, but people were got way too competitive. Like, it's a church league, and people would be, like, people from our church would just be swearing, and, like, it wasn't a good vibe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. There's, you know, I... I I, I don't the, I don't believe in the reformed Christian doctrine of depravity, but if there was ever going to be something to convince me that it was true, it would be watching like middle-aged people play amateur sports. Yeah, like it's drop in, like yeah, like watching like a forty-year-old man like scream at a twelve-year-old girl, like where were you? <laughs> I have this friend, his name's Eric, and I remember we, what was it? It was some kind of, or maybe I just heard the story. Anyway, it's been printed in my memory, but we were playing this game of volleyball and there was like, it was like a, I think it might've been at a church event or something. And there was like little kids playing and stuff. And by the end of the game, he's like spiking <laughs> these little kids in the face <laughs> because he wants to win so bad. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, um, all that to say, yeah, I, I, I would be actually, I was biking yesterday and I biked by a softball game and I thought, oh, maybe it would be fun to join a league. But there is something about it that makes me wary. Like, I just hate that. I hate that, like, dude just being like, you know, swearing Jordan. under his breath. was like, oh, who are you? I thought you were a different <laughs> person than this. Man up, Jordan. I thought you were going to say I was biking by a softball game and I, I got off my bike and I joined in. You're like, hey guys, you got room for one more? <laughs> I mean, uh, that is certainly something I would never do. <laughs> you know what? The most competitive I ever got was in the year 2000. In the year 2000, there was this big Christian conference. And I was, I forget what age I was in the year 2000, but I was kind of young. And they had like a kid zone. And they had a TV with the PlayStation, and the PlayStation had Tony Hawk Pro Skater on it. I camped at that, and I said, if you beat me, like, I'll leave, or whatever. I was like, I won't, I'm not going to leave until somebody beats me. And I sat there for hours, and I just owned the conference. I owned every kid at that conference. I was the king of Pro Skater. At that conference. And I dominated. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. So if we're gonna talk about video games, that's a whole other world, really. I mean, that's a whole <laughs> other world of competition because I certainly was into video games, and oh man, I cared way, way too much about it. Uh, I remember like Mar- some Mario Party fights growing up, like in the room with the people you're playing with. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the heart of Mario Party. That's not the purpose of Mario Party. You're doing the opposite. It's supposed to bring you together. I know. It's I know. The cooperative I mean the cooperative games were really about uniting a lost people. So, yeah. I um anyway, so that's a really long way. Okay, so watching sports, I our team is called the Vancouver Canucks. And um they're actually a really hated team around Canada, I've learned. Mm-hmm. People who aren't from Vancouver really hate them. Um, when I lived in Calgary for a while, all my friends there hated them. And mm-hmm. because I am a little contrarian boy, <laughs> I, I had to love them. Um, and I acted Wait, like you, I was a big fan. But, you loved them in Calgary? Yeah, I talked about them all. Like, I had this friend, Adam. Remember? Adam yeah. Waldorf? Yeah. Waldorf? Yeah. And... He loved the Flames, huge Flames fan. So I just became, just around him, I just became the biggest Vancouver Canucks fan. <laughs> <laughs> but now I watch them. If, if they're, I'm a bandwagon fan. If, if there's like a playoff, some playoff momentum happening, yeah, then I'm watching, going to the pub with pals and cheering on my knocks. Well, I feel like the big famous moment for the Canucks was in Vancouver. Did they win or lose and then they burned the I city down? <laughs> <laughs> Did they lose? Yeah, they, they, so, oh, just, my heart just sunk just thinking about it. I know, because that's what Vancouver is kind of famous for, like, everybody riding. Although, we did get that beautiful photo of the couple laying down and kissing. (laughs) You know what? It was worth it for that beautiful moment. The only thing that's predictable about the Vancouver Canucks is that they will disappoint you. Like, when it comes to sports... All I know is disappointment. So in that series, what was it, 2009 or something? I'm pro- Oh, man, I'm probably getting this so wrong. What I year think was- it was 10 years ago. 2011? Maybe it was 2010? Yeah. They were in the big playoff run, and they won the first three games. And everyone was going crazy. They've never won a Stanley Cup. And yeah. Every- <laughs> everyone was like, we did it. We won. <laughs> like, it was just not even a question. Like, people were already celebrating the Stanley Cup Because they just win. have to win one more game. Yeah. And the, yeah. it's like, it's never happened before that a team has won three games and the other team has come back to beat them. Well, they did it. <laughs> and we lost. And that there was these big riots. Which I also should say, um, uh, an important point is that um, they, most of the people who were involved in those riots were not from Vancouver. Um, oh, really? And I remember clearly that day. Because I was with some friends. We were walking on Commercial Drive in Vancouver. And... There's, I saw this big smoke plume billowing from downtown, and we were like, what's going on? It felt like apocalyptic. Um, and, yeah, then everyone was really disgusted. But, I mean, at least the, the conversation in Vancouver was kind of like, a lot of these people were from, like, the suburbs who, were, like, came in. It's all those darn suburban people. Yeah. Surrey people. <laughs> <laughs> no were you the guy kissing Surrey. the girl laying on the ground that was me and olivia yeah i knew it yeah no actually that i think that was an australian couple i read yeah they're still together i read 
Yeah, and they got married. I wonder why they were like, let's smooch on the ground. You know? When you got to go, you got to go. I guess when you're I guess when you're feeling those feelings. <laughs> Is that what you're like with your yeah, mainstream wife? Yeah, I remember picking Courtney up from the airport once and then just accidentally getting lost, if you know what I mean. Oh, nice. And then it makes That was a sesh. cool move. It's like, I guess I got to pull over, get my bearings a bit here. I don't know where I am. <laughs> That's when you were dating? Yeah. 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 Well, George, <laughs> this, is a, this is a really special episode. We are really, really grateful to have been able to interview Joey Clift. So that's what we've got coming up. Mm-hmm. And Joey was awesome. Yeah. Such do a you nice wanna, guy. I mean, I guess you, you already kind of give a bit of an, a preamble before the interview, but do you, is there anything you want to say about Joey? And, well, yeah. it, Joey, he was such... He's a comedian, yeah. which for one is so comforting on a podcast because you know he's just going to he's going to carry the conversation, he's going to be funny and he's hilarious. And uh and so I to be honest, I just kind of loved talking to this comedian who's UCB trained, who's a writer on lots of shows. It was just really fun for us and he delivered and I had so many questions about his what he actually thought about Sufjan. And I think it's funny, funny what the truth is and, and everything. So I think I I really enjoyed talking to Joey and it just felt so comfortable. He's the, just so not awkward at all, right from the get-go, just felt like a friend. So yeah, you I, can tell. I, he, and I'm surprised we got him. Yeah, you can tell he's done some podcasts. Like he's good at talking about stuff. He's good at conversation, keeping the conversation flowing. I'm like... Uh, so what did you, did you do you like Sufyan? <laughs> I know he made us look, he made us sound bad. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> he should have a podcast. Why do we have a podcast? Yeah, I but, mean, to be fair, it doesn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of like oh, like some people would be like oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm like anybody. Buy a microphone. Like yeah. anybody can do this. If you have two hundred dollars, you can do it too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I am a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> but we should probably just get right into this interview. Yeah. What do you say, George? Let's do it. So we talked to Joey Clift. Joey has is a, a comedian, a writer, performer. He anyway, you'll hear about it. But he's got a really interesting connection to Sufjan, which you're going to hear. So a big thank you again to Joey Clift for spending some time with us, and please check him out um, on t- follow him on Twitter at Joey Clift, I believe he says it in the interview, and uh, check out Spirit Rangers coming out on Netflix sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Okay, enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to That Was the Worst Podcast Ever. We're so excited to have with us today Joey Clift. Joey is a writer, performer, producer. He's a writer on Spirit Rangers on Netflix, which is an all-native writer's room and a cartoon that should be coming out soon. Is that right, Joey? Uh, Yeah, like uh, 2022 question mark? Um, Animation takes a long time. So like, uh, I don't know. 
in the grand scheme of the universe, it's coming out soon. But in real time, at, uh, like, look, I'm not, I don't, I don't set the d- dates at Netflix, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Start searching for it next year, and it'll show up. And it's a good show. You should watch it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more about that. And uh, Joey has created shorts, and one I want to recommend to our listeners is telling someone you're native when you're not native is like telling someone you're a bear when you're not a bear. I really loved that short, Joey, <laughs> that you made. Oh, thanks. Yeah, when I when I came up with the name for that short, uh, I didn't realize it was something I was going to have to say very often. <laughs> uh, so, like, it's sort of like, oh, it's funny to me to have a short with a title that's 24 words long, like a Fiona Apple album title. Uh, but then, like, having to say, like, yeah, anyway, so I'm the writer, director, producer of telling people you're Native American when you're not Native is a lot like telling a bear you're a bear when you're not a bear. It's just like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's such a mouthful. <laughs> what have I done? I did this to myself. <laughs> And um, you are a comedian as well. And we were just talking before the record, trained at UCB. Um, I'm envious uh, of all the, of that. But you're, we're a Sufjan Stevens podcast, and you have a unique connection to Sufjan Stevens. So, you know, rather, I thought rather than me tell it, I wonder, Joey, if you could uh, explain your connection to Sufjan Stevens. And, and this whole weird community. So um, my connection to Sufjan Stevens is that, um, you know, as listeners of the show, I'm sure know, um, Sufjan Stevens, um, you know, uh, over a decade ago said that he was going to create an album for every U.S. state. He stopped after two because uh, he's a coward <laughs> is what I personally think. So um, at the start of the pandemic, I decided to pick up that uh, that baton that he so callously dropped, and I uh, finished Sufjan Stevens' 50 States Project with help from the internet. We released 53 albums <laughs> uh, t- and two EPs over the span of like two months. I think a total of like 512 songs. Uh, wow. So yeah, I, I'm the guy that finished Sufjan Stevens' 50 States Project with help from the internet. If you want to beat me up, I get it. <laughs> no, why would we? I think that's so funny. And, you know, Jordan and I became Sufjan Stevens fans when uh, Illinois came out. And I don't know about you, but I bought the, I bought it. Like, I actually thought there would be more states coming out. Did you think that, Jor? Um, yeah, yeah. At the time, I thought, wow, this is, this is such an undertaking. And what a, what a brave man. And it turns out he wasn't brave at all. Yeah, it turns out he was the most cowardly of anyone. And you had to finish it for him. So. Yeah, I had to, like, I, like I, he had to say, step aside, you lazy songster. I got this. <laughs> you um, know, oh, oh go sorry, ahead, go sorry. ahead, Joey. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I similarly, um, I, I first learned of Sufjan Stevens. I wouldn't consider myself a Sufjan Stevens fan, I'm somebody that, like, I think same as you guys, um, like, uh, I heard about Sufjan Stevens when I was in college, um, a, uh, uh, a woman I was dating at the time, um, was a volunteer at, like, a, like, a local Seattle radio station, and she got, like, an early copy of the Illinois album, and she liked it, and she, like, knew that I liked kind of, you know, uh, you know, like, that kind of, like, singer-songwriter-style music, so she lent me the album. I listened to it maybe once, and I thought, like, oh, this is, like, pretty good, but, like, it's not something that I like, you know, put on the regular rotation or whatever. Um, like it didn't, it didn't grab me. 
Um, and then uh, fast forward to, a, you know, probably a year or two later, I was at a college party and um, I heard people talking about Sufjan Stevens and they were talking about like, oh yeah, he's making like an album for every U.S. state. And I was like, wait, that guy, that's so cool. I can't wait for the Washington album to come out. And then I didn't think about him for probably about 10 years, you know, or so. And then I was uh, working at a comedy website and um, I was uh, like, I passed a water cooler where some of my friends were talking about Sufjan Stevens. And I was like, oh yeah, like the, he's the 50 States guy. Uh, did he, how many albums, did he make a Washington album yet? And then everybody was like, no. And I was like, oh, like how far is he? And they were like, oh, he quit after two albums. And I'm like, what was his last album? Illinois? The one I listened to in 2006? <laughs> what? <laughs> so then I got real, I want to say I went through just all the emotions of like, shocked, angered, defeated, bummed out. And then, you know, just as a comedy writer, 10 minutes later, I was like, wait, that would be really funny if a bunch of comedians just like very quickly slammed together his 50 States project in like a weekend. <laughs> uh, and then it just became this idea. This was around 2016 that just like stuck in the back of my mind for a couple of years of like, oh yeah, how would that work logistically? Like, how do you get, how would you get, how would you make, 50 albums worth of music quickly and efficiently, even if you did the bad version of it. Um, so like I, I pitched it to bosses at comedy websites. I pitched it to a couple of different places. There was a time where we were going to do it where it's like, oh, we get a hundred comedians and we pair them off into like groups of 10. And then we give each of them an hour to write lyrics. And then we send them to a room of musicians who like have an hour to quickly put together <laughs> songs and then they record it and whatever. Um, like it was like, oh, is this an assembly line thing? There was a time even like, very shortly before the pandemic began, I was like, oh, could this be a podcast where every episode you get a different person who like makes, you know, a different song in the 50 States Project with you. And then um, finally, the the turning point for me was I was um, like uh, I was working on a Quibi show right before things shut down. Uh, things shut down for the pandemic. It was a live show, so we couldn't produce it. So we were all laid off. And like while I was driving home from uh, my last day at that job, kind of, you know, I think it was like uh, March 12th, 2020 or whatever, kind of like the day that everything like really started to shut down in um, California. And um, I remember realizing, oh, like all the comedy theaters are shut down. A lot of my friends are laid off. All of a sudden we have all of these people who have nothing but free time and creativity and like they want an outlet to do something this is the time to finish Sufjan Stevens' 50 States project. <laughs> so that was kind of, that's, you know, the long tangenty version that takes you to my fandom of Sufjan is, is I listened to one of his albums once in 2006 and thought it was fine. <laughs> and then I was slightly annoyed when I found out there wasn't going to be a Washington album in 2016. Huh. I think that's what I like about this story is it, it's always been ambiguous if you were a fan or not, but what's clear is that you're somewhat antagonistic and disappointed. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a hundred percent. Oh yeah, this is this was made out of spite, a hundred percent. I was just like, spite will push me through the pandemic. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but like, I I would say like this is uh, this is uh, like maybe a maybe a, a big reveal is that. Over the span of the pandemic, like I listen to a lot of music. I'm a, I'm a TV writer as my day job, um, and I listen to a lot of like music while I'm writing. And um, like after I finished the the Fifty States project, we released our 
we released, I think, our first 26 albums after a month, and then we released our, like, last 25 or whatever albums after another month. So we finished in, like, two months. We wrapped it up in, like, probably June of 2020 or something. And, um, like, since then, Sufjan Stevens has, like, popped up a couple of times on my, like, Spotify kind of radio plays and stuff like that. And, like, I didn't know it was him. I think that, that like, I heard Chicago, the song Chicago, and I was like, this is a really good song. Wow, who made this? Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> Wait, am I a Sufjan Stevens fan? And, and so the answer is, uh, since then, kind of. Yeah. Know, like, uh, the, there's a lot of good, uh, good songs in the Illinois album. I haven't listened to more Sufjan, but I like, I would say I'm Sufjan curious now. Yeah, That's do good. you like being sad? What was that? Do you like being sad? Do I like being sad? Uh, I, th- I would say no more than other, no more than most people. I don't okay. think that every morning I wake up and say, "I wish I was sad today." <laughs> right, I do. Which I'm sure Sufjan does every year. Every yeah. Day. Well, like, you should wha- give Carrie and Lola spin if you're ever feeling down or want to feel down. Uh, um, that was actually my um, just to be more antagonistic towards Sufjan. I was thinking about making my own Carrie and Lowell album. Like it's like <laughs> oh, no. getting the internet to make an album about Sufjan Stevens' parents and calling it Carrie and Lowell oh, too. Oh, no, Joey, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> have you heard from Sufjan Stevens or anybody from Sufjan Stevens' uh, asthmatic kitty? Or has anybody reached out to you? So. Um, uh, so that's a th- that was also my my question was like oh like this I completed this thing I got uh, featured on NPR um, I got interviewed by like everywhere from like Pitchfork to the AV Club like the Pitchfork did a really big write up on it um, and a lot of other places kind of over the past couple months and like I I don't know for a fact that Sufjan Stevens knows about this but. I've got a feeling that he would have heard about it. And my my gut feeling that, like, he's somebody that, like, actually, actually, yeah, I'll be honest about this. A couple people who have interviewed me for it have told me that they've reached out to Asthmatic Kitty and Sufjan Stevens to see if they can get a quote from him for it. And the general thought that I'm hearing from everybody is, like, Sufjan Stevens does not want to talk about this. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so I think I, so either he, either, either he's annoyed with me for it or his people are annoyed with me for it, which is very funny to me. That's, that's, I won. I did it. I annoyed Sufjan Stevens. (laughs) Success. I made him sad about something. Well, we've talked about Sufjan Stevens for about 13 episodes or so. And one thing about him is he's, I think he's purposefully ambiguous and a little recluse. So... It's hard to know even who he is or what he's like or... He's a little know. recluse or a little reclusive. Yes. Yeah. I, like, I, I was interpreting that as you're saying, like, he's a little... He's a little recluse. He's like a he's teeny a, tiny he's a recluse. Teeny little recluse. <laughs> he's a little itsy bitsy recluse. <laughs> Jordan, maybe... It sounds like you were trained at UCB. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Um, just what like, was the I actual... live in a shoe in the woods. That's uh, that's Sufjan little... Stevens' next album will be about how he lives in a shoe just, in the woods. It's called Little Recluse. Um, yeah. How? What was the actual process of finding oh, finding the artists um, to do the uh, to record these songs and and that? Did you did you um, how did you spread the word? 
So um, this was uh, this was a big part of the process for me. Is like when I when I uh, came to the conclusion that this is something that would be fun to do. Um, driving home from my last day at uh, that job, uh, I I had to think about for a few days the process of like, oh, how would I like? Okay, logistically, can I do this? How would I do this? Like, so. I know a lot of my friends have free time, but it's like, are just my friends enough to like make 512 songs? Uh, Cause like, I know that like, I know that there are a couple of other corners of the internet that have tried to complete Sufjan Stevens 50 States project. Oh wow. If you go on SoundCloud, if you search like things like the new 50 States project or whatever, you'll see a lot of like SoundCloud pages where somebody's like, my goal is to finish Sufjan Stevens' 50 States Project. And there's like two songs and they clearly gave up. <laughs> um, there was like, I want to say an internet forum in like 2010 that also tried to do it. And they made, I think they released like 20 albums over the span of several, over the span of several years. Um, and then they tapped out. So um, yeah, I was like, okay, if I do this, I want to succeed at it. So um, what I ended up doing is i i just made like an easy to share graphic uh for twitter that was just like are you a comedian or an actor or musician or someone who just has a lot of free time right now uh help me finish sufjan stevens 50 states project you know uh do you have no musical ability that's fine like you know um like i tried to set the bar the barrier for entry very low so it's something that anybody could do and nobody would feel intimidated by doing. Um, and I created, you know, a Gmail address that was like our 50 states project at Gmail or something like that. And, um, you know, just posted it on this graphic um, and posted it on kind of my various social medias. And then I like reached out to a couple of people that I knew that were like musicians that I knew would like be interested in this sort of thing. And, um, you know, fortunately, like it spread like wildfire. I think that like within 24 hours, I got 200 emails from people wow. that were like interested, wanted more details. Um, like and that that for me was sort of the click of like, oh, I think we might be able to pull this off. So um, and what was really cool about this is these emails were they weren't just from musicians. They were from people all over the spectrum of musical ability and accomplishment. We had. um uh, people from Stealth Olvang, who's a member of the Lumineers, Britton Ashford, who's a really great touring musician, um, like being kind of the, the bar of like legit great musicians who have like, you know, won awards and stuff. Um, to uh, for the Louisiana, Louisiana album, um, uh, a mother of two reached out to me to tell me that her kids wanted to make a song for it and they'd never done music before. <laughs> so they made a song about like how they wanted to visit Louisiana for the Louisiana album. Um, and like it really crossed genres of, you know, like uh, spoken word comedy bits with no music to electronica to people doing kind of like Sufjan Steven sound alike stuff to like prog metal to like, it's like, you know, for 512 songs, it just like runs the gamut of genres and all of that. And like, what I appreciate about it is it really, like, it really, it weirdly feels like every album is, like, an authentic love letter to that state. Mm -hmm. Like, it kind of, like, it, it works, which is something that, like, is shocking to me is that these are listenable. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I would say uh, broadly reached out on social media. A lot of people were super interested and a lot of people shared it and retweeted it. And that kind of opened the floodgates to people being down. 
Yeah, I was surprised. I, of course, went to the California record because that's where I'm from. It, it's, it's not bad. Like, yeah. a lot of this music is good. <laughs> like, it's good music. Yeah, that's that was also something that was... Um, there was an, uh, a, a, so- a song that I got for... Let me let me pull up the person's name. Um, he's uh, I think Jackson Lansing is the guy's name. Um, yeah, Jackson Lansing. He's a like a TV writer and a comic writer. Um, he sent in one of the first songs, which I believe I want to say was for the Ohio album about I think uh, like an astronaut, and um, it was like a really good song. I got this probably within two days of me kind of signing out what the state and the and stuff like that and it was like oh this is a good this is like a very good song wait is this gonna be good are the, is the music here gonna be not bad because uh, i expected it to be bad uh like yeah, yeah i expected total garbage um and you know i think that like that's also something that i tried really hard to do is like um like everything that i was doing was to scale so it's like I was I wasn't just you know put even like putting together the track list for one album is something that you're putting a lot of thought into hopefully, but putting together the track list for fifty two albums and three EPs was definitely something where it's like oh that was like full weeks of my life was just like trying to put together a good track list that highlighted the good songs and put the fun songs in ways that were like you know well established and like I think that that's I think that like the vast majority of the albums are very listenable. Hmm. Um, was there any like repeat entries like from the same artist or was it just kind of like individual songs from individual artists that were compiled like a, like a compilation? So um, what I tried to do is um, because I knew like my entire focus with like booking stuff like that was like how what's the best way to get this done? So um, there were some albums where like I knew that there was going to be a lot of submissions for the California album, for example, because there's a lot of people like I live in California. My friends are in California. So it's like I knew that was going to be pretty easy to put together. Same with Washington. I'm from Washington State. New York, I knew was going to like not be that hard. Um, there were some states like uh, Alabama and Idaho where I just reached out to friends who like I knew were like prolific musicians and just said like, hey, will you make an entire album about Idaho? <laughs> you have a week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, or like, hey, will you make an entire album about Alabama? Uh, you can get it to me in, uh, oh, you can get it to me in four days? Great. Like, <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, like what I tried to do is I assigned everybody, and these were also people that like in large part I didn't really know. So I didn't necessarily know like, oh, are these people going to turn around a, t- a bunch of songs? You know, like, can I trust them to like hit deadlines and stuff like that? Um, so I assigned everybody one song to start. Um, basically, I had people email me after kind of the initial, hey, I'm interested email. I had people email me a state that they wanted to cover and then like one to three kind of just like loose song ideas. You know, it could be something as small. It's like, I would like to do a song about the Federal Way Del Taco in Washington State. Sure. <laughs> like, um, you know, so and then like once I would get a song back, if it felt like they if it felt like they were like prolific and they hit their deadlines, I would usually follow up and be like, hey, would you like to do one of these other pitches that you did for this state? Or like, hey, like this song's really good. This state's pretty full. But would you like to do a song about one of these other states that doesn't have as many songs on it? Mm. And I also tried to um, limit the track list to each state to like 
I felt like eight tracks was like enough to feel like an album. Um, so like once a once a, a state had like eight tracks turned in, I kind of like cut it off and was like, okay, that state album's done. And then mm-hmm. um, there were some states that I got more songs in. I think like uh, one of the states might have like fifteen tracks on it. Rhode Island, I made a double album because I was like, <laughs> oh, that'd be funny if the small state had a double album. <laughs> um and um but like yeah so i would say we probably had to make 512 songs we probably had like 200 some musicians to do that so like you know a lot of musicians only made one song some made two songs some made full albums some made three or four songs you know it's kind of it kind of varies based on people's interest level right did you did you reach a point where you regretted this project where you're like, this is so much work. This is taking up so much of my time. Uh, did you hit a wall where you're like, I am getting emails from hundreds of people a day about Sufjan Stevens. And I'm not even that big of a <laughs> about fan. About a guy of that I don't even really like. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So this is going to be the, uh, uh, are any of you gamers at all? Do you play video games? Unfortunately, not. I had a. I played uh, Black Ops on Wii, and then uh, it broke, and that was my swan song, and and that was. Oh, what a sad! You should write. That sounds like a Sufjan Stevens song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, like, I think that for me, I guess that like I'm just somebody that I do a lot of. um, One of my one of my things that i enjoy doing you know as a comedian or whatever is like big what i think of as like comedy public works projects so um like two years ago i when there were two fire festival documentaries that came out one for hulu one for netflix i thought it'd be really funny to make a third (laughs) fire festival documentary very hastily so i like slapped together my own fire festival documentary in like two days (laughs) Um, it's like 36 minutes long. It has Ken Bone and WWE pro wrestler Dolph Ziggler and uh, AEW pro wrestler Ryan Namath in it. So it's got celebs <laughs> in it. Uh, and like, um, I also um, booked an improv show at UCB a year or two ago that was like, are, are there fans of the MCU, like the Avengers or anything? Yeah, sure. I, I um, probably am so, more than Jordan. So one of the one of the promotional points of Avengers: Infinity War was that it featured seventy six mar- different Marvel characters who'd been you know established in previous MCU movies. So I was like, oh, that'd be funny if I got seventy six improvisers to all do a show at UCB where they all dressed up like MCU characters and just did like improv as everybody from the MCU and like seventy six <laughs> people on stage doing improv at the same time would be utter chaos. And it was, uh, it was very fun. It was a lot. It was a good show. Um, so like. You know, I think that I'm, I think that like this is a project where I don't think I necessarily hit a point where I was like, oh, I'm doing so much work on this. It was more like I was just focused on, I was focused on the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, Like it was just like, um, it kind of felt like uh, my life was like an 80s movie training montage, but instead of like learning how to fight or do ninjutsu or whatever, I was just sitting on a couch in pajamas with the seat reclined, like tabbing between a Gmail account and an Excel spread Excel spreadsheet with multicolored tabs. <laughs> uh, so it was basically like every morning I would wake up at like 7 a.m. 
put like 10 hours into organizing this project, listening to things, getting album artwork design, just producing it. And then once once that ended, I would like start playing XCOM 2 on Steam, which is like a strategy game where you're like, like uh like a human commander who's defending the world from aliens or whatever and it's just like i'm the commander of Supion stevens also <laughs> so i was like oh i'm like using it was like i would like sit down into my like seat and it's just like let's do this <laughs> oh that's great so it sounds yeah, like yeah. you have a gift for these huge projects that or and i wouldn't call it i wouldn't call it a gift so much as a curse <laughs> Yeah. Like it it's like, like I, I hate that my comedy thing is wow you put a lot of work into that <laughs> right it would it's be like cool if my comedy thing was wow that seemed easy and fast <laughs> um, do you find at the during this process I mean I I am one Justin's from California I am one hundred percent Canadian I I am uh, a Canadian going back a uh, hundred years of ancestry wow you look great for being 100 years old (laughs) thank you um but was there a sense that you got where you were kind of like uh huh how how do i put this not 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 like patriotism but like just a a sense of affection that developed for america um kind of (laughs) oh absolutely not (laughs) no no Uh, (laughs) yeah uh okay so i i would say america oh no uh like but the states yes Mm. um like something that i really appreciated about this is that like everybody who submitted a song for the the vast majority of the songs were either coming from a perspective of wanting to honor where they were from or wanting to explore or dunk on a place that they weren't from (laughs) (laughs) so and there was something really cool about like i got a couple songs like uh like a guy submitted a song about like it was like a song for I think the Wyoming album that was like about the restaurant where he proposed to his wife you know mm-hmm. um, there were a lot of songs where it's like oh this song is is about how great my small town is or whatever and like in that regard like what I really appreciated about it is it does feel like kind of the we fulfilled the the unfulfilled dream that Sufjan Stevens put for us, put forward for us, which was, hey, would it be wouldn't it be cool if somebody wrote a song about where you were from? Like, and it was really cool to be able to help a bunch of people do that for where they were from. Yeah. So you know, I think it really made me appreciate like, you know, I guess like local pride, if that yeah. makes sense. Right? Yeah. Or the Everybody personality lo- and identity of geography maybe yeah well and there were also yeah like so it's yeah it was just it was a i would say it was a cool process like that was something that was another thing that like you know putting together the track list realizing like oh this album really is a love letter to like you know ohio or something like Mm -hmm. and like that's cool there's something really Mm -hmm. cool about this or this album's like a brutal takedown of Alabama. Sure. Like, <laughs> right. You know, but it's like, oh, somebody was like opinionated enough about Alabama to write a full album about <laughs> why they weren't the biggest fan of Alabama. <laughs> Were you more precious with the Washington album? Like, did you feel like this has to, this has to meet my expectations? I, I, I think it was less. I uh, I think that with all of this, it was more a focus of, like, get the thing done. Um, but I would say that, like, you know, I definitely leaned toward, 
especially states that I knew really well, states like, you know, Washington, California, stuff like that. I definitely lean toward like, oh, what do I, what do like, how do I want Washington to like be thought of or remembered? Or like, what's the most interesting thing to me about like Washington or California? Like, you know, uh, like, like we got a lot of song pitches for the California album about like, you know, about Los Angeles. And it's like, oh, that's not the whole state. How can I like do a song to honor, you know, like other weird things about this state? Um, you know, or like celebrate the state in an interesting way. So every song isn't about Sunset Strip or whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I would say it's like it wasn't necessarily like a, in, in topics that I chose. I definitely feel like I kind of weaved my personal like things that I like, you know, into, you know, how things were put together. And I tried to, for the most part, make everything like not cynical. So it's like sometimes I would get pitches that are like, here's why I think this state is bad. And like. You know, there were some albums like the Alabama album where I was like, well, I got no other Alabama pitches. You want to do the full album? Go nuts. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I was like, oh, I don't know. It's like if I was from if I was from Kentucky, would I be bummed out if I heard this song about how everybody from Kentucky sucks or something? You know? <laughs> right. Like I tried to make it look like if there were critiques, I tried to make sure they were like specific about like this politician from Kentucky is right. bad. Right. As opposed to everybody in this state sucks, you know? Yeah. That's good, Joe. Yeah, so there was some heart, it sounds like, in in compiling it. Did you did you think of writing music or throwing your hat in the ring? So um, I like I. It, it was something that crossed my mind as a you know once again to go back to it as a as a logistical choice and not a an artistic choice. I mean, there were there were some like. It's like, oh, for the Washington album, you know, like I like I'm uh, I'm Native American. I grew up on the Tulip Reservation. I'm in rural Cowlitz. And I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool if there was like a song about my tribe on the Washington album. But um, it was I didn't I think that like the most that I did was I wrote, produced and edited all of the James Adomi and Jesse Ventura bits for the Minnesota album. James Adomi is a super funny comedian. He's been on, you know, you name a comedy TV show. He's done characters on it. He does a really funny um, Jesse Ventura character on a lot of podcasts and things. And um, we, like, follow each other on Twitter, and we've interacted at parties and stuff. So I just, like, sent him a Twitter DM that was like, hey, would you do your Jesse Ventura as, like, interstitial bits for, like, the Minnesota album for this crazy thing? And he was super down, really nice. He sent me, you know, I, I wrote up kind of the copy of what I wanted him to do, sent it to him. He sent me, you know, takes, and I, like, edited and chose the ones that I liked, and they were all super funny. Um, but other than that, it was more like I was a I was a backup plan if needed for for writing songs. I was somebody where it's like, oh, if like if like nobody submits a song for, you know, Kansas or whatever, then like, uh, I guess I'll like write a full album about Kansas where I'll like <laughs> read the Kansas Wikipedia page over a garage band beat or something. <laughs> um, and like, fortunately, I didn't have to do that, but it wasn't it was more of a. I was a, a break in case of break glass in case of emergency solution to needing songs that I fortunately didn't have to do. Did James know about Sufjan Stevens or he was just like, ah, I'll just do what you tell me. Like, was he familiar with this project? Um, I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't talk to him too much about like that so much as I was just like, Hey, will you do a dumb thing for a thing? And I like, gave <laughs> yeah, him like, yeah. I gave him like limited context. I'm just like, Hey, so like, I don't know. I'm doing an album for every state. And he was, he was, he was down to clown, you know? So cool. 
Well, Jordan and I, we really, we really like Sufjan Stevens. Like, you don't just start a podcast about somebody you're... Wait, you know. are you going to beat me up now? Is no. This part where you, is this the part where you defend his honor? Yeah, we're... We, this is actually an ambush. We are very... Yeah. You hurt our feelings. No. I mean, look, I, if, you, if I, I get it, I deserve this. That is... <laughs> I, I expect... That is my thought is like... I think my ultimate goal for this is for me to be walking down the street in Hollywood and for Sufjan to get out of his car and beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'd be sweet. I'd one, be like, yeah, I made you mad. <laughs> I know he's uh, ambiguous, but one thing I will say is... I don't think he would ever beat anybody up based on or what could. we know about him. Or could, yeah. Or could. Yeah. He's but a, I'm, also, he's a I'm also a wiry guy, so I feel like it would be an even fight. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is he's there... a little older than me, though, so I feel like I, I got youth on my side. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And we'll back you up. I mean, yeah. if oh, anything, thanks. to touch Sufjan Stevens. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, wait, so like, if, uh, if I got in a fight with Sufjan Stevens... Do you think he'd write a song about it afterwards? <laughs> yeah. I think there might be a concept album on it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, if Sufjan Stevens, if you're listening to this, I don't actually want to fight you. This is just a funny bit. You're probably a fine person. Though I do think you're a coward for not finishing the 50 States Project. Well, I'm, it is funny because this, so. the two albums he did do, he had some kind of personal relation to. And... Um, I think Jordan famously now says the 50 States Project is one of the most annoying things about Sufjan Stevens just because it was a gimmick and it it was this kind of thing. But to be honest, I don't think we'd want, like you said, Wikipedia style songs about states that no, that he doesn't have any heart in, you know. So I actually like your project where you had right. people that had the heart that had, well, I, I for some. That had state. a connection to it. Yeah. And I think it's a special project that you've completed. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, I um, like it's that, that is a good point. I think that Sufjan Stevens, I think that this was kind of the issue is that I guess that I'm, I'm torn over. There was a really nice article um, by, um, I think, Zach Schoenfeld for The Ringer a couple of years ago that was sort of like a postmortem on the 50 States project and kind of like what it was and like the the way that it came about is um he was meeting with like a pr person or a publicist or something like that and he was telling the publicist that he was working on an album about illinois and he just made an album about michigan and the publicist said oh you should just tell people that you're making an album for every state you should scam people people like you should be a liar and sufian stevens said yes i would like to be a liar and then he proceeded to, you know, tell everybody that he was going to do it. And then a couple of years later, he was like, it was a joke. And it's like, no, you got this was not a joke. <laughs> um, but uh, there is something to like, oh, like he, he there was a level of research and care put into Michigan and Illinois that like, you know, he's not was he an expert on Casimir Polanski Day? when he started writing that album, probably not. But did he like read a book about Illinois state history and think it was interesting and write a song about it? Yeah, probably. Um, but like, you know, so I think that he, if he did an album for every state, he would hopefully do like, you know, he'd live in that state for six months or whatever and try to like see what he liked about it. But um, yeah, you know, I do think that there is like something to be said about people 
who are from the place writing about the place as mm-hmm. opposed to a guy that's like, I will be the songsmith of the country, <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Is there an artist you... Is there an artist you would do a, a podcast on? Like, is there somebody that you obsess about that you're like, I could do an episode on every song or an episode on every album? Um, I, I would say that that changes... That changes pretty often. I'm somebody that's like, I listen to a lot of music. I'm pretty like eclectic in my musical tastes. Um, I feel like I could probably, I feel like Fiona Apple, I could probably do, I could probably do like a podcast on Fiona Apple because she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, like, although I feel like every episode of it would just be me, be, would just be me saying like, she's a genius, right? She's a good musician. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's weird what, that she what used this podcast her, is. That's ninety yeah, percent like, of our episodes. This song is good. I like this song. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, this was a weird choice, but they're such a genius. I forgive them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's not bad. We just don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the problem is that I'm dumb. That's why I don't like it. It's like an abusive relationship. You... Really. Oh, sorry, Jared. Go ahead. Oh, I said it's like an abusive relationship. It's like I'm the yeah, problem. Yeah. Maybe maybe the maybe the deal is we didn't deserve a Washington album. That's why he didn't make yeah. it. It's because we didn't buy it. We are not nice to him enough. Yeah. Have you gotten have you felt the wrath of Sufjan fans at all? Have has anybody come after you to just be like, How dare you? Um I mean, uh let's see. I've gotten a couple of I've I've gotten a couple of like comments and things like that. Not it's a... Uh, not directly to me because I feel like Sufjan Stevens fans, much like Sufjan himself, are cowards who don't want direct <laughs> confrontation. <laughs> uh, just kidding. I'm sure you're all very tough and cool. Very tough and cool. Well, Jordan um, and I are, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're the toughest else. and coolest people I've ever met. Um, <laughs> but um, it's, it's less that, and it's more like in the comments section of articles about that. I'm seeing, I sometimes will see comments that are like, how dare you make... F- I think he's making fun of our pure baby genius, Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, okay, uh, okay, Sufjan Stevens stands. Uh, Sufjan's not going to read that and then write a song about you. It's fine. <laughs> thank you, C- thank you, little boy 103. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for defending my honor. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a grown man in his 40s. So before you go, Joey, we would love to hear about what you're working on now. We did mention Spirit Rangers, which um, I've heard you say before is quite unique in that it's, it's the first all-Indigenous writer's room for a cartoon in United States history. Is that right? Um, yeah, it's uh, Spirit Rangers uh, on Netflix. It's the um, it's the first cartoon in the history of U.S. animation about Native people created by a Native person, the genius Shumash writer Chris of Valencia, with an all Native writers room. And uh, you know, and it's uh, it's 2021, and uh, TV's been around for a while in America, so it took you know almost a hundred years or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's on Netflix, and it's um, it's a really fun show to work on. It's um, it's uh, basically about let's see um, uh, how to how to describe it without breaking any NDAs. But it's like <laughs> it's like an action kind of fantasy adventure series about a bunch of native kids who um, uh, whose parents uh, work at a national park based out of California, and they go on adventures and things in the park that are based on 
you know, uh, native lore mythology and also just stuff kids are going through in 2021. And um, it comes out in 2022, question mark. We don't have a release date yet. Animation takes a while. But I think it's going to be a really good show. I'm really excited about it. Um, and it's um, we're working on it with um, Chris Nee, who uh, created the show Doc McStuffins, which is a very oh, yeah. popular you know kid show. Um, she's the co-executive producer. Um, she's like helped shepherd it along. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a show you should check out. And I think it's I think it's like historic in terms of native representation and also just like speaking as somebody who's working on it. It's going to be a real good show. <laughs> like so cool. It's, uh, yeah. And. Um, I heard in an interview that you uh, were looking at writing a Cowlitz character for the show. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a part of the show that's um, and I can talk about this because it was in trade publications and stuff. Um, uh, oftentimes with shows uh, about native characters, they'll like make up a tribe. Um, and tribal cultures are like, you know, like tribal cultures are as varied and different as like cultures from different countries. There's 570 plus federally recognized tribes in the United States, hundreds more at the state level. And the difference from one tribe culturally to another tribe might be as big as the difference culturally from like the United Kingdom to Egypt. Um, so there's a big kind of variety in this. And I, I feel like oftentimes when you make up a tribe, you just kind of create like a mishmash where it's sort of like all the dumb things from tribes kind of put together. So um, something that uh, Carissa was really passionate about, the co-creator of the show, or the creator of the show, Carissa Valencia, um, like uh, something that she was really passionate about was making sure that like the family that the show is based on are from real tribes. Mm -hmm. So um, she reached out to um, her tribe, the Shumash tribe, and she, you know, like very kindly asked me if I wanted my tribe to be part of it. So I reached out to my tribe, the Cowlitz tribe, and... Um, you know, got their blessing to, you know, use, you know, Khaled's characters in the show. It's just real cool. It's just like a good, it's a good thing that I'm, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, like, uh, Duncan on Sufi and Sufi on Stevens is fun, but this is something that like feeds me on a more real and not just pranky level, you know? Yeah. I can imagine, you know, thinking that you can turn on Netflix and see Khaled's uh, culture, a Cowlitz character on Netflix must be really special and something you're really proud of. Yeah, well, I guess I guess it's like to bring it back to to bring it back to Sufjan. It's like so much of it is it's like seeing seeing your upbringing and like how you self-identify reflected in the national conversation. So whether that's like Sufjan Stevens writing a song about your hometown or seeing people with your background like in the media it's like that stuff's important mm -hmm. and it's like you know it's something that like gives you a warm feeling inside when you see it you know yeah it's so cool joe is there anything else um we should know about that you're working on um yeah I've, uh, i'm in uh, i would say that uh the big things would probably be follow me on twitter at joey attainment follow me on instagram at joey clift with like five or six eyes a 12 year old took regular joey clips so now i gotta have <laughs> oh, a no. version with a bunch of eyes um and um like uh, other than that, I've got uh, I've got a couple of different things that I'm really excited about that um, should be kind of coming out uh, in the near future that are like they're basically like I'm not sure if I can like talk about them quite yet. But like if you follow me on social media, you'll find out on soon some really fun shorts and things. And I've uh, written on a couple other TV shows with episodes coming out soon that I like can't talk about yet, but I'm really excited about them. And if you follow me, you'll find out about them. That's awesome, Joey. And while we still have you, 
uh, just one last question that I was curious about is, could you tell us what it was like working on Spirit Rangers as an all-Native writer's room, where you had been in so many other writer's rooms in your career? Um, what was it like feeling like you weren't the only Indigenous person in the room, or you didn't have to kind of educate everybody about something? Like, could you just tell us about what it was like finally being in a room where um, you you didn't have to be the odd one out or whatever. Um, th- wow, this is uh, wow. I didn't expect uh, this. To, I didn't expect this interview to be about so, real stuff. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. It's like it's just sort of like oh, I came here ready to dunk on soup. Um, <laughs> Justin's a pastor, so yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Got I like it. to go um, deep. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess that for me, um, it's. Uh, I'll, I'll start with like the there's a lot of a really good like storytelling efficiency in writing native characters with a writer's room of other natives oftentimes like uh, like education around you know native issues and native folks is like I think that there's a statistic that like 87% of US schools don't teach Native American history after 1890 um, that was by Illuminative, which is a really good Native nonprofit that does a lot of work around kind of narrative change around Native stuff. And, um, you know, I think it's like the vast majority of people in this country just don't know a ton about Native history, Native culture, you know, like other than, you know, it's like outside of sports mascots and, you know, those crazy guys that show up in Western movies to get shot by John Wayne or whatever. Um, people just don't know like a ton about us. So oftentimes when I'm in writer's rooms, uh, you know, uh, asked to write for like native characters for TV shows, and I'm the only native. There's a lot of like native 101. So there's a lot of like, I'll have to explain something like, hey, what if a character does this? And then I'll have to like stop, I'll see like a glazed over look in their eyes, and I'll have to like then go back and like explain 50 years of native history to explain <laughs> why fry bread is a thing or whatever. <laughs> um, and like, or just like, here's what like smudging is, or like, hey, we all know that calling things your spirit animal is dumb right you know like without having to like stop and go into the the native spiel of why that's a thing um so you know that's something that i really appreciate about having an all native writers room that i'm working with on the show is like oh we can just get to the point of like hey like uh you know like this native thing is crazy right or like hey we should do an episode about this specific native thing and then everybody will immediately know oh that's an important and cool thing yeah we should totally do an episode about that um, so yeah, it's, it's cool in that regard. And it's just like, there's also a lot of like, it's, uh, you know, it's good to be in a room full of like other people who have like similar backgrounds and life experiences, just so that you can like, you know, vent and talk about things and speak honestly without having to like ex- stop to explain why you mm-hmm. feel the way that you do about things. Mm. And then there's also just cool stuff. Like, um, I, I posted this on Twitter, so I assume it's okay to talk about, but like, um, uh, Deb Holland um, is the current Secretary of the Interior. She's in the Laguna Pueblo Nation. She's the first ever Native American person to have a cabinet-level position or a secretary-level position in a presidential cabinet in the history of our country. She's currently Joe Biden's Secretary of the Interior. And, like, we found out about that uh, while we were in a Spirit Rangers VO record, and it, we celebrated like we won the Super Bowl. Ah, that's so uh, cool. And it's like, oh, stuff like that. It was like we stopped, and it was like, Deb Holland's officially the Secretary of the Interior. And it was a room full of natives, and we were like, yeah! You know, and it's like, oh, that's like, if this was a non-native room, I would have to, like, stop and explain 
okay, I'm really excited about this thing. Oh, the, the there's a native secretary of the interior. Oh, oh, there's never been one? Yeah, there's never been one. Here's the history mm -hmm. of the country about this. Also, here's what the Secretary of the Interior does. They're in charge of Bureau of the Indian Affairs. Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't know what the Bureau of Indian Affairs is? Okay, here's what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's just sort of like, we can just say the thing and celebrate it, you know? That's so rad. That must have been so in such an incredible experience, and I hope that more shows go in that direction. Yeah, I, uh, I, I feel pretty optimistic. There's um, Rutherford Falls just came out on Peacock. That was the first ever sitcom with like a native main character created by uh, a native person, Sierra Teller Ornalis. Um, and um, that's like, it's a super funny show. It's co-created by Ed Helms and Mike Schur, who did like The Good Place and stuff. And um, like, there's also Reservation Dogs coming in. And that, uh, Rutherford Falls had a half native writer's room. So of the 10 writers, five of them were native. Uh, Reservation Dogs is coming out in a month um, on FX by Sterling Harjo and Taika Waititi. That is an all-Native writer's room. So we are really seeing, like, uh, a renaissance of Native art, which is, like, cool to see because mm -hmm. we've never seen our stories told in the media like this. And, you know, I feel like this is just the start, and we've got, you know, we've got more good times and cool things like this ahead, you know? That's so rad. Joey, thank you so much uh, for for being here, and, and uh, thank you for giving us the 50 States Project completed. Yeah, I, I, Wait, I have a question for actually both of you. Sure. Uh, specifically, like Justin being a youth pastor, and also uh, Jordan, I'd be curious about what your opinion is. When you first f found out that I was doing this, were you like, that's cool? Or were you like, how dare you make fun of my sweet baby Sufia? <laughs> like, what was your, <laughs> just like walk me through, I don't know. How'd you guys think when you heard about this? Um, well, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great idea. I, mm -hmm. I like. Like I was saying before, like I do think geography is really personal, and uh, and I think I'm surprised that it doesn't inspire art more often. And so I thought, kind of what what Justin was saying earlier, like I did, I don't actually think that Sufian had the equity to do all the fifty states. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's like if he spent even like a year per album is like it's like <laughs> that's like fast. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so I, I, I personally was stoked. I, um, I also thought, wow, what a, like, it must be just like a bog of music to sift through, like so eclectic and, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, cool. Yeah. I'd like oh, thanks. to, Go ahead. I, I feel like I got the joke. Like I thought it was funny. Oh, cool, cool, like cool. I, I, I thought it was a brilliant, funny idea. And, and then what was really fun was going to all the SoundCloud page and browsing the states and kind of choosing, you know, what state you want to hear, which truly would have been the coolest thing if Sufjan did do it, is that you would be able to go to the state you want to hear. Unfortunately, Jordan, no, nobody cares about British Columbia or whatever. But uh, so you're out of luck. <laughs> uh, oh, dang. Yeah. Just Sorry, Jordan. bro. Should have been born like 50 miles south. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, you should write the British Columbia one and send it to Joey. Give him some more work to do. Yeah. <laughs> no. What do you think about a Canada prov provincial record? Joey, how uh, about Canada? You want to get uh, into it? <laughs> I was, uh, a couple people have pitched like, oh, now you got to do all the European countries. Oh, no. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like uh, look, I did an album for the moon. I'm not going to do an album for like, <laughs> uh, you know. Um, no, nah, I think that this might, like, 
I think this might close the book on my, like, you know, uh, dunking on. It's like I don't know. I did the thing. <laughs> like, um, but that doesn't mean that you can't. I don't know. You can make it a, a British Columbia album. Although uh, one thing, just to connect uh, Spirit Rangers with this a little bit, I um, I started writing on Spirit Rangers in May of last year, and there was about like two weeks between when I was like very quickly trying to wrap up the 50 States project and starting the writing job where like nobody that worked there, like knew me that well. So I had to like, I think it came up in conversation of like, what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, Oh, you know, just finishing Sufjan Siva's 50 States project, releasing 27 (laughs) albums. And it was like, it was sort of my test of like, Oh, are these people going to think I'm a maniac? <laughs> and uh, they were like, that's delightful. And I was like, foo, good coworkers. <laughs> I love picturing somebody completely unaware, having no context, and just being like, that's great, Joey. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, they thought it was, they thought it was, they got it. They thought it was funny. Even if they didn't know who Sufjan Stevens was, they were like, oh, yeah, you showed that full musician. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but yeah, thanks for having me. This was super fun. This is um, great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Joey. This was awesome. I encourage everybody listening to check out Joey's work. Check out Spirit Rangers when it comes out on Netflix. And um, yeah, thanks so much, Joey. Um, It was a privilege to have you. And um, yeah, we'll be looking out for all your projects that come out. We're big fans of yours. You're hilarious. So thanks, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we did it. Go... Boo, Sufian, boo. <laughs> and it you, worked. We, you, actually, you didn't hurt our feelings. I feel like we were able to handle it. <laughs> okay, that was that was honestly kind of like, yeah, that's why I was asked. I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to bum you. You guys seem nice. I don't want to bum you out. My beef ain't with you. My beef is with Sufian. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, we love what you do, Joey. Thanks so much. And thank you to our listeners. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon. And the, Joey, we do this thing. We say this thing at the end. It's embarrassing that you're sitting here having to watch it, but Jordan and I say we think... It's okay. Do it. Ready, Jor? Yeah, you do it. We think the dress looks nice on you. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. I am wearing a dress right now. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that was specifically for you. And uh, the dress looks nice on you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We are all wearing dresses in honor of Sufjan Stevenson, so thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. See you later. Bye.